Uh, g'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast of course. Uh, disappointing loss but uh, pretty gallant in defeat uh, by the Crows this week. Tons to talk about of course with the Tex Walker issue and lots of other stuff going on so without any further ado let's crack straight in shall we. I don't think that fed through to Spreaker, but anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the YouTube people got it. Uh, welcome, everyone, to another edition, the Round 21 Showdown 50 edition of the Weekend Wrap. Uh, and I, what's going on here? Why is this not working? Just bear with me a second. I, I said it was part of our charm. See, look, this is what happens. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Uh, let's have a look. Why isn't my voice feeding through to bloody OBS? Uh, you're no, asking I'm not, the wrong man. I'm not asking you. <laughs> be asking the wrong man. Yeah, no, nah, YouTube's uh, YouTube's not hearing us. Um, let me just have a quick play with the settings, just really quickly. Audio, ah, oh, device not available. That's why, of course. Uh, see, this is what happens when you do a, and I, I get caught out all the time. <laughs> caught out all the time Nikki is that because you're there we the are there we are look at that there we are <laughs> <laughs> I, I, li- I like that on um, YouTube <laughs> are they meant to have audio yeah are we meant <laughs> are we meant to be uh, hearing well you might be better off not hearing us J-Mac shut up <laughs> <laughs> As usual, someone does a bloody version update and tries to fix the audio that we've been having trouble with the last few weeks and uh, in the process just smashes everything to bits. However, how, anyway, how are we, everyone? Welcome again. Um, welcome to everyone who's in Discord. Welcome to everyone who's joined us on YouTube. Sorry about the little snafu there, but we're all good. we got a cast of thousands, cast of thousands, Nicky and Macca, in the um, live studio audience. What's that? That's uh, about 16 in the in the live studio audience. It's fabulous. Uh, great to see and uh, looking forward to some vigorous conversation with our, uh, with our uh, live studio audience tonight. So don't be shy. Put your hand up. Get around us and uh, we'll have a, a really good night, I think. Uh, first of all... Um, and uh, goes to swag. I see your hand up there, mate. We'll get to you in a second. First of all, though, um, 
Maka and Nikki. Uh, Maka first. Um, what do you think about the tech saga? Well, I'm probably going to be a little bit different than a lot of other people. Um, firstly, uh, I, I know what he said. You know what he said. And uh, yep. he well, he certainly should not have said it. Nope. That's, that's absolutely on the table. It's what happened after that, which I'm not so quite happy about, which I would have thought could have been handled better. Um, I would have thought that the individual who overheard it and was offended and had every right to be offended, I would have, and if it was me, because that's what we would have done in my day, I would have just challenged him on the spot. That, okay, and so my, ma- my mail is that he did do that and was told right. basically to get stuffed. Then, if that is the case... That is then, the case, 100%. Then, it, then everything that happened after that is absolutely 100% uh, correct in what happened. I was thinking that maybe uh, the guy didn't uh, challenge text on it. If he's challenged text on it and text has done as you said, then he deserves everything he's getting. Yeah. Nick? Um, yeah, exactly the same. Uh, shouldn't have been said, shouldn't have even been thought. Um, and um, everything that needed to come that way and the fact that it was reported within the club um, and the person who reported him, good on him. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think the club handled it as well as they could. Um, there's certain people saying that they should have been more transparent. Well, there's certain rules and regulations around um, these sorts of things and the club basically wasn't allowed to say anything. Um, yep. Lots of other stuff going around. But in the end, I think the the club handled it as well as they could. Um the uh, the press conferences, particularly from Matthew Nix, I thought was very strong. Uh, it's a terribly disappointing state of affairs uh, for one of um, one of the club's much loved veterans. Um, but uh, it's very worrying in terms of what this means for the end of uh, Texas career. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, he's brought it on himself. Well, all, all that is true. Um, the sad part of all this is that everyone that's listening here on the cast, you, Fiend, and you, Nikki, me, we have all said something that we really regretted later. Now, um, if you... and you'd have No. To, Go on, Macca, no, but I'm going to disagree no, with you. No, what I'm saying is... Well, no, I'm not, I'm not defending what he said at all. Okay. All I'm saying okay. is we've all said something that wasn't right but our yes. whole future wasn't judged by it he's unfortunately for him he's is uh so he said something uh it's been publicized to death and uh, it's been he's been attacked to death and i'm afraid he will never ever recover from it his reputation will never recover from it no matter what he does this will always be recorded against him and held against him whereas as i said we've all done things wrong I think the difference, Macca, is that um, they get a load of education around Indigenous culture. Um, they play with Indigenous lads every day. They play with them and against them. Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to um, I'm not going to make any statements ab- about what was actually said or not said. Um, I don't want to expose the cast to 
any sort of legal ramifications. What I will say, though, is that um, oh, look, I don't, I don't even know how to how to broach it. The the simple fact of the matter is that. He should have known better. He felt comfortable enough to say in a group environment, Macca, uh, with the possibility of other people overhearing. So it wasn't as if he whispered it in Matty Crouch's ear, um, whatever it was, and I'm not going to speculate. I think we all know what it was that he said. Um, we do. But it was said loud enough for other people to hear. Um, and as a former captain of the club where you're in the huddle with Indigenous players within that huddle, um, it's just a severe error of judgment. I'm sure he's remorseful, um, and I'm sure that he uh, is starting to understand the ramifications in terms of his reputation and his career. Um, But I have very little sympathy for him because he's undone so much of the good work that he's done in terms of his support of Eddie Betts and others. Um, And uh, it really makes you... Unfortunately, you start to to doubt the, the, um, the, the genuine nature of those actions. Yeah, I understand why you say that. And um, it makes you think, well, that uh, slipped out pretty easy. And I think you have to go back to his background in the sense where uh, where he came from the Broken Hill. Um, and I was reading an article on this. Not This is, this is not my thoughts. This is an article mm. I read where yeah. it was very common for him to, in in company of Aborigines, to call him Blackfella, and they'd call themselves Blackfella. And yeah, that's not words, what he said. No, I know that. I know that. And for, therefore, for him, I'd, he's had a different upbringing He's, and you are right. He has been trained in what's right and what's wrong. He's been in. My that, he's been in an education system for fifteen years, Macca. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I, can I can I just can, I, can I finish? No, oh, no, sorry, let Macca finish. Go on. Yeah, because what I if I understand it rightly, he was really angry about what uh, happened uh, to Crouch and what was said to Crouch, and in anger. Uh, I, I, he has definitely said the wrong thing. There's no question about that. And it slipped out. And whether that's part of his uh, upbringing or whether that's something that he does on a regular basis, I don't know. But um, he's going to pay a, a massive price for it, a really, really massive price to it, for it. And I, and I think it's something that he that he will pay forever. And I think that's just probably over the top. No, it's not over the top. No. It uh, is not. So, Mecca, I grew up in the country. My best friend was Aboriginal and I hung around with her and her family and I heard a particular term that was used amongst themselves. I didn't have the education and I didn't know that I wasn't allowed to say that word. I learnt that I wasn't allowed to say that word once I came down to Adelaide in high school because I used it and I didn't have a negative connotation to it because the only time I heard it was amongst them using it, and I think they used it in a way to take the power away from it. But I learnt very quickly in high school that that was not on. Now, I don't have 
AFL players' education that they do. But I do have that similar being brought up in the country that Tex did. So, and it is no excuse. He's had a lot more education than I have. He's witnessed what has happened to Eddie Betts. And everything about this just says to me that what Andrew McLeod was saying a few years ago was right and on the ball. And the people involved at the time in the club wanted to sweep it under the rug, didn't want to have anything to do with it, didn't want anything to come out with it. I think if we didn't have the changes that we've had at the top end of the club, that they would have tried to sweep it under the rug. Oh, but, yeah, no doubt about that, Nikki. But, the, so but Mac- I actually see the way that it has happened and what's happened with the club, I'm actually quite pleased to see that there's a change that has happened. We The problem we have in our society here in Australia is that it is exceedingly racist. It still is exceedingly racist. Right. Uh, I just and need to, I just need to, to interrupt. I just need to interrupt, Nick. Um, I just asked people on the chat, because I'm publishing the chat on YouTube, um, I just need people to be careful with what they put out there in terms of stories yeah. they've heard and all that sort of stuff. We've all heard a lot. Um, but um, it, it, it's classed as public, pub, pub, uh, sorry, publishing um, stuff. And uh, unfortunately... Yeah. Uh, we just need to be really careful about what we put on chat. So I'm happy for you guys to talk about it, um, but I'm not. I can't uh, tolerate people saying I heard this or I heard that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah. I know I'm, I'm erring on the side of caution, but I, I need to because I'm uh, I'm not very rich. <laughs> and look, uh, Labs has put a comment there. Uh, about if this occurred near the start of his career, he could redeem himself. Am I? Anybody there? Yeah, yeah. we're listening to you. All right. Oh, I was so bloody quiet. <laughs> okay. I'm listening um, intently, Mac. Right. He put <clears> if this occurred near the start of his career, he could redeem himself. And unfortunately, it's near the end, and this will be a big part of his reputation. No, it won't. It'll be his reputation. It'll be totally his reputation. There is no chance for him to redeem himself. And that was the point I was trying to make. It's not that he, I not, was not defending him for what he said, not for one moment, because he was totally, totally wrong. The point I was trying to make was he's going to pay a massive lifetime penalty for it. That's the po- only point I was making. Well, all right. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, not, at, maybe at the, not. At the end of the day, Macker, it's up to him to work out how he deals with this, Right. Uh, it certainly uh, takes the gloss off um, what has been a, a reasonably successful football career. I think people elevate Texas' career somewhat. He's never made All-Australian. He's never won a Coleman medal, uh, never uh, won a, a flag. So, you know, he's middle of the road, but he's certainly been a much-loved uh, a member of the Adelaide Crows um, a squad for a number of years. Um, I'm going to not draw lines and correlate things unnecessarily but uh, we all remember that there were things that happened at the camp uh, allegedly that were had some racial implications uh, the talking stick and a few other things that I've heard uh, we've all seen somewhat of an exodus of indigenous players as a consequence of that camp Curtly Hampton of course uh, retired almost immediately uh, we sadly lost Eddie uh, Eddie Betts uh, back to Carlton, which was strange to say the least. Uh, Cam Ellis Yolman also moved on. 
I'm not suggesting for one moment that uh, there's a connection between the two, but I will say that there's an impression because of things like that that is compounded by things that Texas purported to have said, well, that he's admitted to saying, um, that leaves the Adelaide Footy Club with a lot of work to do around its Indigenous programs. And it's very disappointing that Andrew McLeod um, is not running those programs at the moment. And I I think the club should do everything, everything in its power to bring Andrew McLeod back into the fold. And I'll tell you what, Macca, if Tex is legitimately wanting to salvage his reputation post-football, he needs to get involved in that program with Andrew McLeod or who ends up doing it. Well, I agree with everything you've said, except for one thing. I don't think he can redeem himself. In fact, I was going to ask the question uh, of you to the other two panellists. Um, it, would the club be better off just terminating Texas' contract? And uh, I think he, and that, look, he's got the, he's done what he's done. The reputation is there. And while he's with the club, in a, it's indirectly attached to the club as well. Um, no, I don't think it saying, is. I don't, I don't think it is. While I've been saying that there's a massive, he's paying going to pay a massive price for it, and he is, in fact, I would actually think it would be better for the club uh, to just terminate his contract at the end of this season and uh, move on from there. And then uh, Texas is going to pay the price anyhow, so then help him out privately if he needs, because if it's a mental health issue. But I don't think that it's good for us for him to stay on next year. Nikki, what are your thoughts on that? It It, it is kind of hard because not we can only make guesswork about some of this. I will say one thing, though, that his apology was actually one of the better apologies I've actually seen in a situation like this. It was quite simply, I did wrong and I know what I did wrong. Um, and Well, yeah, but I'd temper know, that. I'd temper that. By, and this is very, very allegedly, very, very allegedly, but I don't think he was, uh, when he was first um, asked about it or confronted about it, I'm not sure whether he was as contrite as what he subsequently was. Now, that's with massive allegedly's around it, but that's uh, my understanding. And- and that would not surprise me in his, but the fact that it seems to have gotten through, and yes, maybe somebody else has written it, surface, but he has to agree to it. Um, and a lot of times if they don't think they're wrong, they don't agree to it and they adjust it. Um, so it was normally, I've seen many of these apologies around, um, particularly particularly around racist comments, was they just apologised to the people who were offended. Um, and the way this was worded was a lot better than any I've seen, so I will give it that um, caveat. I do agree, though. I think, I mean, can we actually afford to pay him out, even though we've given him that contract next year? It would be better if he actually walks away from it and then it might actually save the club some money. Um, But I I think there's bigger issues going on here is what it seems to imply, and I agree that we need to get rid of some of the other dead wood that is still around the club and definitely agree to bringing McLeod back in. 
needs I, to happen. I think what we saw, I mean, I must admit I was as flat as a tack on, on Saturday. In fact, I went to the shop and when I woke up in the morning, I, I put a hoodie on it. It happened to be a crow's hoodie and uh, I had to go to the shops and without really even thinking about it, I took my crow's hoodie off and put something else on. Now, that's I've never had that thought before. Uh, so I was really fl- flat during the day on Saturday. But I must admit, watching the young lads, and we'll talk about the match obviously very shortly, watching the l- young lads put their heart and soul into that game against Port Adelaide really lifted my spirits with regards to uh, where the Adelaide Football Club is heading and the stewardship that uh, the new generation of players and coaches and officials are bringing to the club um it, it gave me it, it put my uh, put my mind a little bit at, at ease all right my last word on this and then i will open up the floor for five minutes for people to have the conversation about it and then we will uh, move on so my thought is i think the club should allow him to play on i think he needs to serve out his sentence um and uh the club needs to give him the opportunity to deal with it with it whichever way he needs to deal with it. Um, I think he's, you know, for all his warts and for all his faults and all the rest of it, he's given blood, sweat and tears to our football club for a long period of time. And I think it could be um, a positive experience for everybody involved if he was allowed the opportunity to redeem himself he may not take that opportunity people may not accept that um uh, that from tex you know he may not be terribly welcome back in the club he's going to have to deal with those consequences but i think i think he is owed the opportunity to come back after his suspension next year in whatever capacity whether that be as a an SANFL mentor or uh, as an afl player or, or what have you uh, serve out his contract as he sees fit and uh, and then retire. I, I do agree, though, and I've been saying this for a long time, and I think Pete and Nicky and Macca and you and, and myself, we've, we've had a, a, an inkling for a while that that, that squad, uh, that 2016-2017 squad, um, was just a little bit damaged, a little bit... A little something just not right with them, and I just feel like this circumstance may just be the line in the sand that the club needs that they maybe couldn't necessarily draw themselves to um, put a line through a few of our remaining senior 2017 players. Yeah, look, I I agree with you, and uh, that, but I don't agree with him playing on. Um, um, I think we held him. Uh, in terms of his mental health, etc., if that's necessary. But I think that if he plays on next year, that stigma is still going to be associated in, within, uh, not necessarily within the club, but from outside the club. Play it may be still inside the club. The uh, indigenous lads may really still resent it highly that he's still around. Um, from my point of view, I think that he's crossed the line. Um, he's going to pay a huge price for it, but I would actually add to it by terminating his contract. No, that doesn't make sense to me, Macker. On the one hand, you're lamenting the fact that it's a, a harsh, a heavy price to pay that it's going to damage him for the rest of his life, and then on the you other hand, you're him. not you're not giving him an opportunity. 
but you can't eliminate the fact that he did it. That absolutely it, not. That's that'll be on his reputation whether he plays with us or whether he doesn't play with us. And I'm saying that um, I think that uh, you know if I was in charge, I would terminate his contract. He probably breached it, and and uh, I'm like like you. I think that there was some uh, bad apples within that 2017 group, and in terms of uh, cohesion, Tex may have been one of them. Uh, I, I think that uh, the sooner we get uh, all those players out of the club, with possibly except of Talia, um, uh, I just think we, we would be better off. I think I think our club would suffer less if Tex wasn't there. Nikki? And um, to me, I think it's got to be Nick's in the playing group's call. Very much so. Yeah, end of the day, um, I agree with you. And, and I think we can say what we like, but to me, I and the way Nix was reacting to it and the others in the club, I actually feel comfortable leaving the decision up to them. Okay. On that note, let's hear from our uh, avid listeners. And uh, we have Daddy Panda ready to speak. So I'll chuck you in first. Razor, I see your hand there too, mate. So we'll get to you. Panda, how you going? Hello. Um, I was uh, just joined and I was listening and I was like, I heard both points of Phoenix and Macca's and I was like, both of them would work, but Macca has, a, in my mind, nothing against you, has a stronger point in his statement. In my well, mind. Well, he's an older person, Panda, so he's had years <laughs> more experience than me. Yeah. <laughs> that counts for a lot. Hey, where are you from, mate? Where are you listening in from? Uh, I'm from Vermont in the United States. You follow the oh, football, welcome, obviously? Mate. Yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> 14 years old, and yeah, I'm from Boston. Fantastic. It's a very lovely part of the world. Oh, yeah. don't really like the city too much. I'm more of a country lad myself, but... It's it is what it is. So uh, if you were in charge of the Adelaide Football Club, mate, what what would you do? Um, I I'd be done with them. I wouldn't deal with it. There you go. All right, mate. If someone look, does something, if someone few... does something, you can't show weakness in. Like, let's say if someone commits a crime and then, a like, a barracks, a trooper barracks just doesn't investigate it, that's like giving someone off with a free crime, and then they can think they can do it again. We've got so a six-match suspension play again, and $20,000 fine. Yeah, I know, but at the same time, if without giving him a bigger punishment than that, there wasn't like the chances of him doing it again are higher than they are lower. Very good. Well, we've got a lot to get through, mate. So I will uh, shuffle you back to the crowd, but really happy for your input. Uh, Fantastic that you're listening in from the U S stay safe with COVID over there, mate. And uh, yeah, uh, anytime you want to pop on, feel free. Yeah, well done, Daddy Panda. And as you agree with me, doubly well done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm not going to have Ray after that. How many Americans at the same time do you want? So we're going to have Matt 
We're going to have Matt next. Ray, I'm going to save you for last, mate, because uh, I know it'll be a big finale. Matt, how are you going? Oh, something wrong with your audio there, mate. What, what do you mean? <laughs> Who's this? Yeah, so they're gone. Uh, and we'll just, we'll just quickly... What was that? Uh, oh, that was just some idiot, basically. So we'll ban them. Very la- good. I thought it was Nikki laughing. <laughs> no, my voice is deeper than that. Okay, it is. That's the trouble when you have a, a public uh, thing. Now, I reckon this one might be a bit of a, uh, a, a bit of. I reckon we might have a few trolls in here today, but that's okay. Uh, we'll uh, let's have a look. Get rid of that person, Razor. Do you want to come in, mate? There we go. Raymond, how are you, sir? Hiya, gang. Hiya, gang. How are you doing tonight? Very good, mate. Right. How are you going? Going good. Just woke up, so, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was just going to put out for comparison that the Crowcast and Discord and this whole forum, there are some rules, and... If I start acting up on the on the chat, Phoenix warns me, right? So if I don't calm down, <laughs> he'll slam me with the fan. Come on, mate. It's not is, about you and me. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm, no, no, no. Just listen, because I'm saying it, it would yeah, be my fault, right? I, I know, mate. But I, And I would have to work my way back, just like Tex would. Now, there are some things that would be totally unacceptable, and Phoenix has every right to permanently ban me because I know the rules and I would have to cop that on myself. I wouldn't have to blame anybody. Now, in time, going past that, there would probably be some ways for me to work my way back into uh, this this really great community that Phoenix and Maka and um, Nikki and... Gosh, Donkey and Pete have built, but that's just a comparison I wanted to make. So, Tex, there's some things you can do and you catch a little grief, but in my opinion, he crossed the line. He was challenged on it. Um, I, I, I totally believe he was maybe snarky at being challenged. So, I mean, everything... That's happened to Texas, Texas' fault. And all the blame belongs on him. Nobody else doesn't belong on McClure. Yeah, we don't like McClure because of some of his reporting, but it's not McClure's fault. He's a reporter. He did his job. It's uh, the Adelaide Football Club. They did their job. They did what was expected of them. And AFL, everybody did their job. The only person who didn't do their job was Tex. Very true. Now, Ray and everyone listening, I'm just going to close this uh, studio down and I'm going to reopen it because the reason we've got so many trolls in here tonight is because I made it public, which was stupid of me, wasn't it? 
So everybody, I'm just going to end the stage and uh, the cast will keep going, but I'll just restart the stage. So Nikki and Maka, you have to come back in too. All right? Okay. Right. Just bear with me, everybody, while we do this. I think that's right. Right, let's see if this works better. You just have to bear with me because... Make this members only. There we go, that's a bit better. Maka, pop in. Nikki, pop in. We're ready to go again. There we go. There we go. That's a bit better. Jen, here, we, here I was thinking that, you know, we're very popular all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> no, just trolls. Uh, scoop my loot. By the way, I had my second Pfizer on, uh, on Friday afternoon and my arm's still bloody hurting too. Come on, Mac, get in here. Yeah, it's trouble pressing that button. Oh, come on, Mecca. I've already invited you, Mac. Just come in, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. When people take Mecca's bloody opinion seriously. Come on! I wish I could like. I wish I could like click on him and send him to speaker. That'd be nice. Uh, speaker. Oh That'd be God. nice. Just hurry up, Mac. Take your hand down and press the button with the people and the arrow. <laughs> <laughs> what a dog's breakfast this is! Scroll down, Macca. <laughs> Yeah, quick, quick, Macca, because Labs has said there goes your allotted time for your weekend roundup. That's it. (laughs) Oh, come on, Macca. You're invited in, just click the button. Jesus. Come on, Mac, in you come. Uh, 
I, we can't hold up for too much longer. Maka, when you work it out, we'll uh, gladly welcome you back. <laughs> but in the meantime, is there anyone else in the crowd that uh, wants to have something to say about the text thing before we move on? No, I, I think it's definitely time to move on. Apparently some we... can't l- hear anything again. Some can, some can't. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, dearie me. J-Max lost all sound. I suggest if you've got no... Well, that's a bit of a shame because uh, I had to get rid of those people because uh, obviously our server had shown up on a uh, on a public list and uh, every little kid and their dog could uh, come in. Yeah, YouTube should Sorry, be fine. Was- I think it's just the people that are listening in Discord that are having a few problems. Come on, Mac. It's like calling a cat, but my cat actually comes a bit quicker. Maka, you've been invited. All right, I can't keep going on like this. We've got to keep going. All right, Maka, you'll need to work it out, mate. There's an invite there. Uh, Is everyone... uh... All right, what I'm going to do for everyone, just really quickly, I'm going to delete everything. Nikki, I'm going to delete everything. Uh, Yeah. So you'll be in live show chat. I'll start another live studio channel and you guys can all pop in there, okay? Yep. Apologies to everyone on uh, on YouTube. Uh, let's get this going real quick. I reckon that's just about done it. 
start the stage. There we are. Nikki's in. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maka, can you join now? Are the people that are in the audience, can they hear us? 1990, can you hear us? Very good. Maka, the invite's right there. All right, we're going to have to keep going. Sorry, Mac, we're going to have to keep going because otherwise this is going to go on forever. Uh, I'm sure you'll work it out. So we need to actually talk about uh, the games, Nikki, while Maka works himself out. And, of course, we had... Uh, I actually watched some. Out. You watched some? Well, that's good. Uh, Maka's actually driving me crazy. All right, let's go. So, Nick, on yep. Friday night, the first boil over of the weekend, the Giants uh, with half a team missing uh, and uh, everything to play for. is not visible now. Oh, my God. Visible to me. Mm. I think it's a permissions thing, Nick. Ah. Uh, it's a public channel. Everyone should be able to see it. Yeah, because 1990 can see it. I think the people that can't see it um, just. Uh, Log out of Discord and start it up again. Like all good computer systems, if it doesn't seem to work, yeah, always go with the IT crowd. Have you tried turning out. it on and off again? Exactly. Okay, all right. So it was the Giants thirteen six eighty four. Nick uh, going uh, getting up over the Cats eight seventeen sixty five. Bad kicking by the Cats by nineteen points, keeping their finals hopes alive. Indeed, um, some interesting things happened within the game, but uh, it seemed to kind of start the um, a trend for the weekend. It it did really, yeah. Uh, the Giants uh, are uh, unpredictable. They've had about four shots at trying to shore up this top eight position, and uh, you know every time you think that they're on a bit of a roll, uh, you know they fall over. But they're they're still in the hunt, so uh, we'll see what they can do over the next two weeks. Um, we had the Suns uh, a minor upset, I guess, although Carlton are simply horrible. And you've got to think that David Teague is on an absolute knife's edge now in terms of his position. Suns 11-10-76, getting up by 19 points over Carlton, 8-9-57. Uh, 
I mean, Carlton made a bit of a comeback and tried, but it was very interesting. The commentators in the last quarter were um, talking about Eddie Betts only having a two-kick game up until that point, and mm. even then he just did amble. Um, so I, I think that when the commentators are starting to get the knives out, there's definitely something going on behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, oh, I thought North Melbourne were going to do it for us, Nikki. Uh, they looked good early, but they just couldn't keep going. Eight eight fifty six to Tigers thirteen eleven eighty nine. The Tigers in the end comfortably by thirty three points, keeping their slim finals hopes alive. But geez, for a while there, I thought North Melbourne were just going to pick themselves up and get over the line in that one. Oh, that first half they were playing very well, um, and they just couldn't seem to go on with it in the second half. I mean, uh, Richmond did adjust uh, a little bit and fixed a few things up and got their run going out of the back half. Um, Very interesting, though, that you look at that North Melbourne midfield, that they're the number one for the past couple of weeks of scoring from centre clearances. Mm. Yeah. And they showed it a number of times about, you know, and even though Richmond's lost Dusty Martin, there's still some good players in that team. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um you know, the, I mean, they, they didn't win premierships for nothing and they've still got some good players. North are playing oh, yeah. uh, good, solid football, though, um, and uh, I think they'll trouble us in a couple of weeks' time. Um, all Definitely. Right. Uh, speaking of upsets, uh, Sydney just sputtering at the end of the season and uh, they've got... Uh, who they got next week? I reckon they've got... Uh, they got North next week, I reckon. Anyway. Yeah, they've got North. Yeah, that'll be an interesting game. I think it's at Marvel. Uh, anyway, this game, St Kilda 14-9-93, uh, getting up St Kilda 29 points over Sydney 10-4-64. Yeah, I was, I was quite enjoying watching the school um, in the bottom corner <laughs> whilst that game was going on. Yeah. Um, if they do that, then it'll actually come down to us playing north. To, um, and percentage. Well, that's right. I mean, you wouldn't think that we're going to uh, trouble Melbourne at this stage of the season, although stranger things have happened, but playing them at the G, I think we are. Um, yes. So if North can get up uh, next week, of course, that uh, puts them only two points behind us, I think. Um, Hawthorne uh, doing us a favour, getting up. Uh, Alistair Clarkson is not going to lose another game this season. I would put that down right now. Uh, Hawthorne fifteen seven ninety seven getting up over Collingwood twelve six seventy eight a margin by nineteen points. <laughs> oh yes, uh, kind of you kind of get the feeling that he's not exactly au fait with what's gone on. Yeah, um, a very very proud man, and but then you also compound it with you've then got players who know that they're auditioning for a new coach. Of course. Yeah, uh, so they tend to pull their finger out a bit more. Yep, which always begs the question: It's like, why weren't you doing that before? Well, that's right, that's right. Never mind. Uh, and today, in a very entertaining game, I watched most of this game. Essendon getting up uh, by thirteen points in the end, fifteen seven ninety seven uh, to the Bulldogs twelve twelve eighty four. Just opening up the uh, battle for top spot. And I'm telling you right now, Nick. Any team that tries to take on Essendon in a shootout will lose. 
They're a very exciting team, yeah. and the Bulldogs didn't pay them enough respect uh, today, and as a consequence, they got rolled. And, and that's what we were saying when we were um, the week before we were going to play Essendon was that, that their run is just too much. And it was interesting, though, because that's what I've quite liked from the Bulldogs, and it's very interesting to see that they tried it against Essendon and actually couldn't quite do it. I mean, they, they still had chances. They were trying to play on those those last couple of minutes because mm. that's um, all I got to watch because I was watching the replay of the, uh, the rhythmic gymnastics from the Olympics and Russia lost, so that was amazing. Um, <laughs> but you're right. It's going to be interesting coming into the finals because Essendon is sniffing just outside the eight. GWS is sitting there precariously just um, in eighth spot. If they get in, I think they can cause some problems. Oh, no doubt. Uh, they're the, by far the strongest team. I would say they're the strongest team outside the top four, Nikki. Um, not yeah. even the top eight. I reckon they're the strongest team outside the top four. And we've seen uh, uh, teams that have a bit of a defensive mindset against Essendon can usually uh, get over the top of them. But if you want to shoot out with them like the Bulldogs tried to do today, uh, you're in a bit of strife. Um, and that's the way it panned out. Um, let me just, uh, moment. Um, so of course now the Dockers, how did that all finish up? (laughs) Dockers, the Lions were winning. Uh, yeah, 64 points the Lions way. The Lions, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, absolutely smashed them. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can get Macca back in here. I don't know exactly what, what he's doing, whether he's sitting in the... He's still showing us online, but uh, oh, he's trying to send me a message, I think. Yeah, he can't even see the studio like the others. That's weird. Some people can, some people can't. Very strange. Anyway... Uh, all right, and of course we've got um, the Eagles and Melbourne playing on Monday, which is actually shaping as a bit of an important game. The Eagles uh, are by no means a lock at the moment. They're only a game now in front of GWS and Essendon. Uh, they uh, lose that game uh, to Melbourne, and they are right back in the pack. And given the way they've been playing at the moment, they're the weakest of those three sides. Yeah, it's – and even though it's in Perth where West Coast like to actually pretend they can play, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how it actually ends up as to which one's going to turn up. Just got an idea here. I'm going to see if I can get Macca in this way. Macca, Macca. So, Macca, if you're listening, I've just sent you an invite. And if you click on that invite, it should drop you straight into this channel, even if you can, whether you can see it or not. Does he know how to check his messages and find the invite? Who knows? Anyway, we've got to push on. All right, so the ladder at the uh, almost the end of round 21 
Uh, sees the Bulldogs still on top, along with Geelong and Port now all on 60 points. Uh, Melbourne, with a game to play on 58, they could regain a uh, top spot with a win. Uh, the Lions uh, on 52 points, along with Sydney. Now, West Coast on 40, as I said, uh, not uh, particularly solid in there. GWS in the eight on 38 points. Essendon just outside, along with Richmond. St Kilda and Fremantle all mathematically still in with a chance of getting into that top eight. Um, And then we've got um, Carlton on 32, Gold Coast on 28, Hawthorne on 26, Collingwood on 24, Adelaide also on 24 but miles behind on percentage, uh, and North on 18. So six points between us and Jason Horn. Uh, Nikki, it's uh, all not to, all not to play for. In the <laughs> it, it's all it not to play for. It could come down to that final game. Yeah. Uh, so very interesting, of course, with uh, North Melbourne playing Sydney. We're playing Melbourne next week. Um, not sure who Collingwood have got, uh, but they're kind of tanking hard at the moment, <laughs> Collingwood. So who knows what's going to happen there. Which is very odd because they don't have their first round pick. GWS has it. Well, that's right. So uh, it's not really doing a much many favours. Macro, if you look at the top of Discord on the top left where it says home, you'll see a little uh, icon, Discord icon there. It should have a little red number there. If you click on that, it'll take you to the messages. You'll see an invite from me. Click it, mate. Click it. All right, so, uh, you know, an interesting round, Nick. Um, Unexpected results again, the bottom half of the eight wide open, and um, really, uh, I mean, I I still think that uh, really the Premiers come from the top four, and probably the top four excluding Port Adelaide, because I didn't think they were terribly convincing at all. No. No, and I'm I'm still not convinced about them um, at all. Anyway. It, it, yeah, especially especially watching our game. Yeah. Um, Mungit reckons that maybe Maka keeps getting inter- intercepted by Aaliyah Aaliyah, and that certainly was the case for the Crows, particularly after uh, quarter time or in the second half there. It just went crazy. Uh, in the end, the power getting up by 4.713.55, kicking three of the last four goals of the match. Adelaide 7-9-51, four points as I mentioned. And uh, look, Nick, to be honest with you, for most of the night, I thought we uh, our endeavour was excellent and our um, defence held up really well and it just came down to the usual issues with transition, meaning that our forward 50 entries were crap. Yeah, um, we got them right sometimes. Um... But overall, then, yeah, there there were some issues there, particularly when it was the midfield involved with trying to get it in. Um, there were a couple of really nice plays, um, and to, and then we pointed out that was actually all of the, the back line then to the forward line involved yeah. with bringing it into the forward line. That, that worked quite nicely. I liked what was shown from the younger guys. I liked the grit and determination. I think if we hadn't of lost one of those players. Um, so we still only have one on the bench. I think it might have actually been 
possibly a win to us, but losing the two very much was, I think that's what killed us in the end in that last quarter. Well, two running defenders, Nick, meant that um, yeah. we just weren't getting any depth out of our um, out of our exits from defensive 50. Um, you know, we were relying on Jake Kelly and a few others to try and distribute the ball. We just didn't have the distributors down in the back half to really try and attack from half back. And it was quite noticeable um, that um, our, our transitions just became shallower and shallower and shallower. Um, as a result of losing those two lads. And, you know, I really fear for Will Hamill, um, you know, of all the poor lads to, to get hit again and by his own player, you know, accidentally. Um, you know, so it's starting to become a real worry for Will. Although they're saying that yeah. they're both going through concussion protocols. I have a feeling Hamill busted his cheekbone. When you have a look at the impact on slow motion, it was straight into yeah. his cheekbone. Yeah, and it was the armour, and they were both coming with a lot of force. I mean, you have to say that their commitment was great, and that was te- that exemplified exactly where the whole team had been playing up to that point. And they still yeah. kind of kept playing that after that. Yeah. It was horrible to, to unfortunately see, but also what it meant was that those two running defenders had also been doing really good defensive jobs. And yeah. we were very much pushing their forwards out wide. We were making them kick quite high up into their forward line, which was giving Duday a lot of chance for some really nice intercepts, etc. Um, and it was making it hard for them to get their forward entries that they like. Losing those two still didn't – yes, it stopped our run out, but it also conversely also affected, ad, affected our defensive setup as well. Yeah. Now I'm just going to try something with Maka here. Maka, if you can hear me, just reply in the chat. But I have a feeling you haven't clicked the drop-down menu under live shows. So if you see the live shows, there's a little down arrow to the left. And if you click that, you might be able to see the live studio. Um, anyway, reply in the uh, in the chat channel. Um, look, there was a lot to like. Um, overall, I think for the the biggest thing was I think everyone went into that game thinking that we were going to lose heavily. You know, even the we bookies did. thought we were going to lose heavily. You know, there was uh, I think we were out to seven dollars um, in terms of the betting at the at the start of the game. Um, you don't often get a seven dollar margin in a two horse race, particularly in a showdown, Nikki. Um, so the fact that we were able to close the game down a bit, bring it in tight. We didn't. We certainly didn't give Port much room in the first half um, and we were able to play the game on our terms. Um, really was a, a, a credit to the coaching staff and also the players for executing, but also the players for having the, uh, the, the mental resilience to be able to switch back on after the week they've had and to be able to refocus and execute a game plan that for a large part of the game actually was effective. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's run through some head-to-head, shall we? Now, let me just see what's going on here. You have to bear with me because stuff's going on. There we go. All right. Uh, so, 
let's have a look here. So disposals, uh, 359 to 390, 205 to 240 in their favour, 154 to 150, that's a nice timely refresh. Uh, 154 handballs to 150 in our favour. Inside 50s were exactly even, 48 apiece. Disposal efficiency was essentially even, 69 to 68%, uh, which wasn't bad condition, uh, considering the conditions were a little bit slippery. Uh, efficiency inside 50, uh, 20 shots from 48 inside 50s for us, 19 shots from 48 inside 50s for them. Um Free kick count was fairly even, but I tell you what, there was a couple of dodgy ones. Um, stoppages, uh, uh, they won the hitouts. I didn't think Riley had a terribly good night, actually, against Lysett. I, th- I felt like Lysett had more influence on the game, didn't you, Nick? Mm, yes and no. I, I think they both had their moments. Um, it, I thought Rob, like particularly in that first quarter, he was positioning himself really well like in defence to mm. do, and he wasn't getting in the way of the defenders. He was actually being proactive as part of it, or he was he was positioning himself quite well. But of course, Lysette just stayed out. So if we when we did the quick dump kick, it went out to him. Yeah, um, and and it came back in. So to me, that's a kind of like a fifty fifty there. Yeah. Um, I, I thought we actually did quite well in the centre. Um, well, we broke even in centre seven, seven to six. Stoppages. Yeah, and like considering considering what we know about our midfield, Rob was getting most of those taps. Well, why was that? Why was that, Nick? Tell me particularly, why that was. No, particularly when we had Schoenberg in there, it looked a lot better. Exactly, exactly. We actually had a dynamic player in there, and uh, yep. we'll go through Chewy's stats in a minute because they're actually quite amazing. Um, but his presence in the midfield was a breath of fresh air. Um, he burnt the ball a little bit uh, around the ground, but it was still a fantastic game from Harry. Uh, stoppage clearances were essentially even 26 to 30. Uh, contested possessions, 155 to 165. Um, uncontested possessions, they got a little bit on the outside of us towards the, uh, uh, the middle of the match there. 192 to us, 221 to them. We turned it over a little bit more uh, than them. Um, so uh, there's not a huge uh, you can see the disparity in the marks there 54 to 90 which shows again that they started to control the ball in the second half Nick um, and we were the problem with our transition is that it's it it's it's all or nothing it's all handball um, and we don't actually get allow players to actually make the next uh, uh, make the next option if you know what I mean when you when you're doing all those string handballs and just trying to run through the corridor um, you're not allowing blokes to, to provide the next option and I think that's part of the problem actually um, marks inside 57 to 10 um, contested marks 8 to 18 and that's where I feel like blokes like Lysette and uh, and uh, their bigger uh, players had had the wood over us all night basically. Uh, and intercepts ninety to eighty three. I think uh, about fifty percent of those intercepts for Port were a lear bloody a lear. Unfortunately, we're in front for most of the game, but uh, couldn't bring it home. Tackles sixty four to seventy seven. Again, tackles inside fifty was poor. Four to eleven, Nikki. Uh, that's uh, 
a testament to two things in my opinion a uh, a lack of small forward defensive pressure and b the ball not getting any depth into our forward 50 um you can't get tackles inside 50 if you're kicking it to 45 meters out just doesn't happen uh, so that was pretty much the tail of the tape in terms of the uh, teams. Not a lot to make of it, except it looks like they got a little bit more of the ball on the outside towards the end. They burnt it a little bit less than us, and they had a little bit of aerial dis- ascendancy. Yeah, um, and it was interesting because we were playing into Lear's hands a bit, and I liked it in that first half because you could see how we were conscious of it. And most of the time we were, we were making sure to try and not give it to his advantage. And unfortunately, once they started to pick it up in the second half, put that little bit of pressure on, we then went back to bombing it a little yeah. bit. And, of course, that's when he started to, to get it. I thought a couple of times that Himmel, he, Himmelberg was actually working him quite well and he just needed that second forward to come across, that he was – working to keep him out of the contest. And because he didn't then have that secondary forward to come across, which to me is um, a bit of a a lack of experience Mm. in in knowing what to do. And, but you can see what we were trying to do and there was some better movement. Um, You're right that really the only forward pressure we were were getting was from McHenry, but we know we're always going to get that. Yeah. and as Pete has actually said in the chat, there's no real criticism of the fours that we set up one-on-one and backed ourselves to win the contest. And and that's what you kind of had to do with, because I know that Pete was, because he was actually at the game and he was sitting quite high up and he reported in the game day chat that, you know, if we went to a zone defence, they were going to pick us apart. The, the way to beat Port is to play that one-on-one. Yeah. Which and sometimes then that does results in, in bombing it in. There's a lot of weird criticism. Ah, um, oh, Mac has found it. Macca, click on that bloody invite. Um, yeah, I look. I will maintain that it's our transition makes it almost impossible for our forward line to work coherently. When we do get that extra uh, possession in transition and we can get the ball into the forward 50 with some depth, it allows our blokes uh, to get separation and they're not all leading to the one spot. If we're just up and down the line, Nick, they're all just in the one spot um, and they're going to get monstered. Uh, There's no way that you can expect a bloke like Riley Thilthorpe to compete with uh, Tom Jonas or uh, uh, an Aaliyah. Aaliyah, uh, they're physically well-developed. I mean, Aaliyah, Aaliyah's a monster. He's huge. Yeah. You know? And he's um, been in the system longer than most of them. You know, I, I do think that Riley looked a bit flat, but then, you know, let's have a look at it from the point of view that he hasn't... They, they rested him for a couple of weeks and then it, they bring him in for text. He hasn't played footy for like three weeks. Like, yeah. How, how can you bring the kid some, back in? And he was getting some ticky touchwood freeze paid against him, which if it was another forward in another team, that free would have gone to the forward. And you yeah. can see he was getting frustrated by that. 
Um, yeah. And unfortunately, that's that's going to happen. So um, I kind of give him a pass. I'm not going to you know, hang anything on him for the game. The only thing I'll say was that, you know, he was apparently um, um, like him and Himmelberg were going to the same spots. And I know how well Himmelberg actually works with a forward line and to create those other spaces. So to me, that's just experience coming through that that he needs to learn from. Um, and sometimes you can only learn from a, a playing at that level. Yeah. Um, I will say I think he needs to get on his bike a little bit more, uh, Riley, and try to get uh, uh, try to actually uh, use his weapons, as Nick puts it. He's got great yeah. endurance and he's he's got good leg speed. Um, he needs to get on his bike a bit, and whether you know he may be getting coached to do what he's doing or to position himself a certain way. Um, but um, uh, I'd like I would have liked to have seen him hit up a little bit more. I would have liked to have seen him and Elliot um you know swap around a few times and get get uh Riley up the ground a bit I also found it was very very strange that in the heat of the battle when the game was on the line we actually put Riley into the ruck um I I thought that was a terrible move if if Riley O'Brien needed a a chop out it needed to be Himmelberg not Riley Thilthorpe I wonder whether we did it because it was a way to get him into the game, to get him a little bit of touch, and not, Hummelberg not with, was... Not with five and, minutes to go in the last, Nicky. He, he he got the ruck contest, yeah. I think it was five or six minutes to go in the last. It was it was a terrible move. Terrible move. Except for and NT Rabbit, one of the few times I do have to agree with the Himmelberg was the... The only forward who was functioning quite well, though. Yeah, I mean. So you take him out of there. What if we got up forward? Well, I mean, but if, but if you need a chop out, you don't put your kid in there against Scott Lysette. You just don't. He's never going to win that contest, Nick. And it was crucial yeah. that we that we at least broke even in that contest. And we know that Himmelberg is is a good ruckman. Uh, he's played a little bit more AFL football, and I just think a, a kid that has come off a two-week break at the end of the game when he's probably exhausted, right, you're throwing him to the walls by putting him into the middle with five or six minutes to go. Himmelberg only had to go in there for a second. It's not about beating Lysett. It was about nullifying the contest, and Riley was just nowhere in that right contest, whereas Himmelberg has a better opportunity to nullify the contest. So you know, I just thought it was a very strange move. Um so, but never mind. Uh, this is all part of the learning experience for uh, for these kids. Um, and uh, Riley's got some work to do, I think, in certain areas. I think he needs to um, he needs to, uh, as I said, use his leg speed a little bit more to get up and back uh, through the channels. And uh, I don't. He's never going to be a monster pack marker, Riley Thilthorpe. That's my opinion. So, if that's the case, then he's got. He can't be stationary. Um, but I think a lot of it comes down to how we're actually getting the ball into the forward 50. I don't think it was helping him much. Yeah, the, the other one they're all talking about in, in the chat is um, Braden Cook. Now, I thought looking at the game on TV, was he playing on the wing? Uh, it looked like he was playing sort of high-ish, so sort of between the arcs. Yeah, the others are saying high half forward. Yeah, it, yeah. it looked 
I just thought I actually saw him on the wing on one of the um, centre bounce shots, so that's kind of where I thought. But what do you think of him? Oh, it was an incredibly impressive debut. I mean, he made a few mistakes, as you'd expect, but he got involved. He showed enough confidence to put a few moves on. Um, you know, uh, he showed good depth with his kicking, so certainly on top of the ground. He wasn't suffering from any heavy leg- leggedness, which often happens when you're uh, nervous and you get a bit fatigued because of nervous energy. Um, it didn't look out of place at all, and it makes you wonder why he wasn't played five weeks ago, Nick. Yeah, the, the thing I liked um, with him was his first couple of touches were those handballs, which were very quick as soon as he got them, mm-hmm. um, which showed off his skill line. A, a couple of those turnover kicks, to me, those kicks were actually in the right place of where our forwards should be, which is more proactive. And of course, we tend to like to lead to the boundary line. Yep. Whereas he was actually being, it was more, that's where he wanted the forward to, to lead to. And, and unfortunately, Port read it better. Um, because they were quite instinctive kicks as well. But I like the proactiveness about it, and you're right. He was running on top of the ground. He was still doing that um, in the last quarter. You could actually see him when he was walking off the bench at one stage, and he's standing next to, I think it was Rob and Duday, and you could see his height. Yeah. Which he didn't, you didn't quite notice as much on the ground, but when you actually saw him amongst those kind of guys going, this kid's actually quite tall. And he just moved really nicely. Yeah. Yeah, I, it didn't look out of place at all. And he's exactly the type of player, I, I think part of the reason why we struggle um, in transition, and it's it's not just our average midfield, but I think it's also the fact that we play Nemec Henry and um, Lockie Murphy quite high in those link-up roles. And they're not the right players, Nick, in my opinion. They're, they're too vulnerable. They're not tall enough. Um, they certainly try hard. No one would ever begrudge them uh, effort, um, but they're not the right players. Lockie Gallant is exactly the type of player you want hitting up across wing and half forward to be offering that next um, that next option. I was watching the Western Bulldogs play this afternoon, and so many of their forward 50 entries came from 65 to 70 metres out. And, you know, sometimes even just outside of the arc. So they will continue to chain the ball until they get as close to that forward 50 arc as possible. And um, whereas we don't, we tend to hit that forward 50 from, you know, as I pointed out earlier in the season from, you know, between centre and, uh, you know, 70, 80 metres out. And it's just not as effective in my opinion. Yeah, um, agree. And with Lockie Gallant, he kicked 4-1 um, and quite integral in our win in the twos. Yeah, and I think what Saturday night showed, again, because I, I, I hate to harp on about this, but it was our senior players that let us down predominantly in key moments, uh, yep. notwithstanding uh, Chase's skill error at the end there, which you can forgive him. Um it was our senior players that time and time again made critical errors. David McKay, what the hell is he doing in the side? Like, there is there is an unnatural obsession with picking David McKay if you are going to put him at half forward. That Like, it just does not make any sense. I, I, I'm lost for words 
as to how David McKay all of a sudden is a good enough AFL player to play every possible position on the ground from back pocket all the way through to forward pocket now. We'll see him in the ruck next week. <laughs> Wasn't he actually doing a job, though, at the half-forward line? He oh, was actually tagging. Big deal. He was on Darcy Byrne-Jones, I think. But he absolutely destroyed us with his turnovers and his, uh, you know, digging trenches with his foot. And, yes, he kicked a couple of nice goal, one nice goal on that. But the amount of errors that he made, the, the simple fact is there were other players available that could have done that job, Nicky. And I just don't understand why we continually go to the David McKay well when it comes to selection. I, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I mean, the issue where, unfortunately, as much as I like him, Jake Kelly was making some balls up, Sloan doing turnovers, Lynch, as you said, once again, kicking into, it wasn't quite the man on the mark, but it was close enough. Yeah, um, one a week, one a week, Nick. <laughs> one a week he does. Um, yeah. all, all I'll say, even though there's a lot about Lynch's game there was to like, there's still those key turnovers that happened at moments when we were having these lovely run-ons and everything else and then the stuff-ups. Um, and that's what kind of marred the night was, but in a way it then showed me what our future is, that the mistakes weren't so much made by the younger players. Mm. It was made by those senior players who have a time limit on them yeah, um, yeah. and a very short time limit on them. But looking at our back lines, I'm really happy with what's been developing down there and particularly Chase Jones. He has come on in absolute leaps and bounds. Best game for the and, club. Oh, I loved like his rundown on Robbie Gray because he's as quick as Gray and he's now learnt to not give too much space to his defender, which he was still doing in the SNFL and was driving me nuts. But I like that they were putting him in the back lines to try and teach him to actually be a bit more defensive because that's what his problem was when he was trying to either play up forward or when they put him in the midfield of the AFL. He gave too much space to his opponent and thought he could get to them. And it's like, not at the AFL. You've got to be closer and you've got to react quicker. And he's doing that now. I think his defensive actions are really good. And then him just wanting to do those breakaway key runs and, and really be proactive and, and getting the ball out. We saw that a bit from his first game. We're now seeing it more consistently, and it's a real pleasure to watch. Well, um, he's starting, sorry, he's just starting to use his pace to get separation now. He's quite confident yep. with ball in hand to actually uh, use his pace and set up play. So it's a really good string to his bow, and it's good to see him come on because I must admit I didn't like his chances six months ago. Yeah, I agree. I thought he was gone. Um, even watching him in the SNFL when they started to put him in the back lines, Dad and I were just kind of like, mm, "This is." Mm. I can. I, I think I can see what they're trying to do with him, well, but he's still annoying me. Bit, bit um, of a hail mary a then, but it came off. And as a defensive player as well, if I was his full back, my God, would I be yelling at him? Um, <laughs> it's like you need to be touching your player. <laughs> you know. So I'll, <laughs> you, I'll just go through. I'll just go through. I'm not going to go through every player uh, player's stats um, this time in, but I will go through a few players, Nick. And just um, I, I'm very interested in our top six because apart from Harry, and we'll, we will talk about Harry in a moment. 
you've got one, two, you've got five senior players in the top six um, possession winners. You've got Seisman with thirty-one. You've got Led with thirty-one. You've got Keys with twenty-two. You've got Lynch with twenty-two. You've got Sloan with nineteen. Now, I would argue that the only one of those players that could hold their heads up as having ha- had a decent crack is Rory Laird. The others, they were, they were a waste of time. Seisman's 31 disposals, um, you know, were just a, a, an utter waste of time. I didn't see him having any real influence on the game, Seisman. Um, you know, he had uh, 658 metres gained, but... I'd, like he only had he had uh, no forward fifty entries, two score involvements. So all Seeds is doing is just kicking it up and down the line. Yeah, he was he was a little better than what he was last week, um, and he was trying not to bomb it as much. But I, um, I agree that I think there could have been some better decisions from him. Hugh, I don't hate Seedsman. I'm just reading the stats. He had 31 touches and had two in, two full inside 50s and no score involvements. I mean, that's that's the that's your distributor right there. Um, Benny Keys, I thought had a had a pretty horrible night. I think Ben's actually carrying a few things. I think he's a bit sore. Um, I'm not prepared to um, have a crack at Keys because. Uh, at the beginning of the year, he was the only one that was standing up, and I have a feeling that he's a bit battle-weary. Uh, Laird, I thought, was very good in the trenches. Uh, put on some really good tackles. I thought he battled hard. I thought his was a good game. Uh, Tom Lynch. Uh, you know, Tom Lynch is so frustrating because he plays that role so well, but his skill execution uh, is so pedestrian. Uh, he overrates his ability. He tries to kick too often when he's unbalanced, and uh, just he undoes a lot of his hard work. And he's another player that I think it's just time that we moved on from. Oh, just get back to keys. It's interesting. This is the first game without his handguard, so yeah. I wondered whether that there was a bit of um, a bit coming through there as well. I, I agree with you that Laird very much so um, could hold his head up um, and I thought he did a, a really good job and particularly <laughs> I loved his tackle on um, Dixon. On Charlie, yeah. <laughs> oh, Charlie did not like being brought down by the little man, by the by a little garden gnome, the desk as the, as the boys like to call him. Um, but, yeah, and I, and I think that's the problem is it's that, it was those senior players because if you look outside of, and they're unfortunately most of them playing through the middle. And if you look outside of that, we can see what was going on in the forward line. Yes, it didn't quite work, but you could see there was some really lovely proactive stuff happening there. And then conversely in the back lines with Butts and Murray, Duday back to some really great form. You got Chase Jones just showing what an excellent small defender and a great replacement for Brown um, he can be. And we know we've got some, unfortunately, Hamill, I thought was actually, Hamill and Smith, their jobs were actually a bit more locked down than normal, even though, and then they had to run off. And I think Smithers was a bit more locked down to release Hamill. And once we lost those two, that kind of didn't help. I thought Davis actually did some nice things when he came on, you know, in why, a quarter. Why are, we, why are we going through the whole thing? <laughs> 
I just want to actually end, uh, you know, some nice positives. Well, I'm still because... going. We, we've still got some players to talk about, Nick, so relax. Just calm Sorry. the time, mate. <laughs> it's nearly nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, all right, just quickly. Uh, Harry Schoenberg, uh, 31 dis- disposals, 19 kicks, 12 handballs, four marks, two tackles, four... Uh, sorry, 10 contested possessions. Um, uh, what else is there? Only went at 52% uh, disposal efficiency. was probably only the only knock on his game. Um, but uh, where is he? Uh, had six, cl- six clearances, three inside 50s, 530 metres game. But here's the stat. Only 60% time on ground for his 31 touches, Nick. <laughs> Yeah, imagine what happened if we left him in the middle for longer. Only 60% uh, time on ground. So um, uh, had three score involvements, uh, four intercept possessions, um, attended centre bounce seven times. Um, and uh, so six clearances. What was his... Uh, I actually get his... Let's have a look, see if I can get his stoppage clearances. So attended centre bounce seven times, got two clearances, got four clearances around the ground, um, which is a good effort uh, from him. Oh, I don't think that's translated terribly well under the screen there. Um, so, like, he's immense. Everyone knows my love for, for Harry, um, but he's just given us a little taste of the fact that he's going to be a key part of our midfield going forward for the next 10 years, in my opinion, Nick. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Trace we've talked about, uh, really good game. Annie McPherson was solid without being spectacular. Uh, Tom did A, I thought, particularly in the first half, did very well with some intercepts. How many intercept possessions did he have, Tom did A? Um, right, dudes. Um, eight intercept possessions. Um, it really stood out to me in the first half. Um, yeah. Did really well. Um, Hogg struggled, struggled to get into the game uh, but did some nice things I thought um, we're wasting our time with Lockie Murphy in my opinion I'm starting to wonder whether we're wasting our time with Ned McHenry in the role that he's playing and we need to either think small forward or midfield for Ned McHenry and be done with it we're not getting enough from him, uh, Nick. Uh, seven disposals. I know he kicked two goals, but only seven disposals uh, for the game. Uh, he spends a lot of time running around. Um, I don't know whether he necessarily knows what his role is, and uh, I think I think we need to we need to give him a role, and it's either in the midfield rotation or it's as a small forward. And I, I think the issue is that we're using him and we use our small forwards up quite high because they a midfield isn't as effective in helping bring that ball out out mm. from defence. And that's why we push them up high to create a bit more pressure. And that was what the... Yeah, the, but they're not the right players the to do like, that. They're no, not the right they're, players they're not. to do that. And we lack those kind of players. Having having Murphy flying for marks continuously and having McHenry as a target, it's just not they're, they're not the right type of players. I'm, I'm not I'd... having a crack at either of them for their endeavour or their effort. They are not the right type of players to have in those roles. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. A bit more of a forward pocket to make him be more at the, the feet of any of our, when we get the isolated, if the, that one long bomb comes in, that you've then got somebody like a McHenry at their feet who can capitalise on it as well, but he can really pressure in that spot where we want to keep the the pressure up. Yeah. Um, Murphy, look, he's done great with the limited talent that he has and you know he's going to give his 100%. Um, and he's quite good at SANFL, but we need some better players to replace him with. I don't mind him staying on the list in case we get injuries or whatever. He can come in. He can play a decent-ish game. And yep. what he will do is actually keep putting pressure on those other more talented players to pull yep. their finger out to maintain they stay in. Yep. But he's I think that's not a very a, good I think that's a very good summation actually, Nick. Yeah. He's good enough and to I, be depth absolutely on a, on an AFL list. Yeah. And the thing is that he his first season with us, he actually played as a small defender in the SNFL and he was really good as a small yep. defender. Yeah. So we can actually use him in, in that role if we need to. Yeah. Um but we like kind of putting him at um, up forward because we've kind of got a settled defence. But the problem is that we need um, something we've identified last year and we're still identifying it this year and it's even more glaring this year. So we need some assistance to lay it in the midfield. Yep. Um, and I think that's without doubt. Look, uh, as we said, Riley looks a little bit tired and looked a little bit out of its depth um, against Port's um, experienced key defenders. Uh, Will Hamill looked all right until he got knocked out. Brody Smith, on the other hand, looked bloody ordinary until he got knocked out. And uh, Benny Davis looked all right when he came on, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I think Ben actually had a bit of a, a bit of a uh, point to prove, um, to be honest with you. I think um, uh, by reports on... Um, on Friday, he, on Thursday at training, he came out with his Indigenous top on. Um, and uh, I think uh, he had a point to prove, and I felt like when he got his opportunity, uh, Benny Davis, he did really well. Yep. And I've liked what he's done in the SNFL um, down back. Uh, he's been hard done by in his AFL debuts. I just hope they leave him in the side for next week. I, I think he's very much earned that chance um, with what he did. Um, and the other thing is, conversely, we didn't get some like absolute breakout parts, but we saw some great things from Himmelberg and from Fog up forward as well. Yep, agreed, agreed. Um, I don't know what the long term situation is with Himmelberg. I'm still on the fence. There's parts of his game that I really, really like. Uh, there's parts of his game that make me want to weep, um, Nikki. <laughs> Unfortunately, the parts of his game that make me want to weep are the parts of his game that he's in the squad for. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't be a ver- I look on in theory. I really like an, a, a long-term forward line of Fogarty, Himmelberg, and um, Thilthorpe as as the key tools. Uh, in practice, I don't actually know whether either Darcy or Himmelberg are the two right players for those particular roles. Um, there's a little bit of a whisper, I think, from one of our good friends on the cast that uh, the club is looking at Jake Riccardi. Um, 
there's also uh, we've got Lucky Gallant in the twos who'll be bashing down the down the door. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about Billy because I don't think he's in the mix. Um, I like the configuration, and when you have a look at some of the successful teams now, they are, there is this configuration of three marking targets up forward. Um, yeah. I would love Fogarty and Himmelberg to be the solutions. I'm just not quite sure whether they are yet. Yeah, to, to me, what I like about Himmelberg is you use him as a second ruck and you use him more in that Lynch-type role, that higher um, player up to as part of that link into the forward line because, to me, the great part about him is that even if he doesn't mark it the way he can put the pressure on to not make it be an easy mark for the opposition... Unless well, he's up against the Lear Lear. Yeah, he didn't do a lot of that. <laughs> Unless he's up against the Lear Lear. I mean, I'm sorry, he on. wasn't making too many contests. He wasn't making it hard for a Lear. Um, he did he in the last quarter. There was a couple of times outbody. in the last quarter he did. He did some nice things in the last quarter. But it was it, it's his footy smarts once he can get that ball on deck and to move forward. That's what I really like about him. So that's why I prefer to see him is that, that higher half forward. Not uh, in deep. I'll tell you what you need in a game like we had on Saturday night where you've got a, a, a defender who is uh, clearly stronger than his opponent, is making good position and reading the play really well. You need a bloke like Shane McAdam to come jumping over the top of him. And that's what we lack at the moment. Yeah. We, we lack that X factor forward who can break up the defensive packs, if you know what I mean, and actually just get get a, a seed of doubt into a Lear's mind. Is there someone coming over the top? You know, just the same as Duday does down back when he when he drifts across. We need a bloke like that. Uh, Mitch McGovern used to do it really well, where he'd yep. often be the forgotten man in a, in a marking contest and all of a sudden he's over the top or he's drifting across the front. So that's where we're all a bit same-same at the moment in our forward line. We've got Himmelberg and, and Thilthorpe are similar players, um, certainly at this stage of Rolly's development anyway. And Fogarty is uh, a completely different player. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think the structure is probably right. Whether the personnel is right uh, remains to be seen. And I'm really looking forward to Lockie Gallant. I think he offers us something. And I'd be very interested to see what Fisher Mackesy could offer us up forward as well. Yeah. And we've seen like a bit of him playing up forward in like preseason games and he's done quite well. Um, and they've been using him that way uh, a little bit lately in the SNFL. So to me, we've got some good options, but mm. like you said, we just need to see them. They need mm. to actually try out and not for one or two games. Um, I do think if we had McAdam in, in like in replace of Murphy, etc. Even if he had the same number of possessions of what Murphy got, there would have been a greater impact. And you, you're right, that coming across the sides. I, I will give a kudos, though, to Tilthorpe for one. There was one of the contests. He didn't mark it, but he was coming from the back. And the way he worked around the pack mm. um, was really, once they showed the, the camera vision from behind the goals, really oh, great right. work from the forward. Riley, Riley will get there. There's no question about that. This is yeah. a massive step up for the kid. And, um, you know, he's playing against some big bodies. And like I said, he hadn't played footy for two, three weeks. And then you bring yeah. him in in a game like that, it was actually stupid selection. I mean, I guess it was forced on them a little bit. Um, but I just wonder whether Riley was the right player to bring in. Nevertheless, 
um this is all uh this is all just learning experience for him this year and uh um big things from him in the future nick I reckon we've just about done that to Dash. We killed half our audience. We killed Macca. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we got invaded by a bunch of kids that were too busy playing Valorant and trying to troll live studios. Um, my son was probably part of that. Gotta love him. <laughs> and I, I, I made the mistake at the start of the cast to say when things go wrong, it's part of our charm. I don't That's think we a, were very charming tonight. No, we weren't. Weren't very charming tonight, but never mind. Uh, such is life. I think Macca sent me a, a message on Facebook Messenger, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll get grumpy Macca after the after the cast. But look, thanks everyone for sticking with us tonight. Thanks everyone on Discord, and also those of you who have tuned in on YouTube, and also a couple I think on Twitch tonight. Um, we will be back, of course, on Tuesday night with Tuesday night live. Um, I need to thank everyone, as you can see there, the uh, the names coming up on the screen, and there's a couple more there that I haven't added yet. So thank you to everyone who supported us on Patreon. Um, I just about finished doing something on Patreon that'll hopefully be uh, a nice little bonus for you guys. So have a look over the next week or two, and that should be there. In the meantime, Nikki, I'm now uh, COVID vaccinated, so. Uh, you, the rest of you can get stuffed, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm waiting for my first one. <laughs> I, I, oh, how old are you? Because you're only like 25 or something. <laughs> no, I'm a little older than that. I am actually eligible, but I have to have Pfizer. So, unfortunately, I got Pfizer. Yeah, I know, but there's there, and then I unfortunately had the flu and other stuff, uh, so I've had to wait for the symptoms to disappear before I uh, can actually book in. Ninety ninety, I know, I know, I can still get it, mate, but uh, I just feel a bit rock solid now, even though, even though the shoulder's a little bit sore. <laughs> All right, well, look, <laughs> you can still get it, but it minimises it, and it often means you're not going to hospital, which is a great thing. Exactly right. Look, thanks everyone. Uh, much appreciated for your. Um, company tonight we'll see you again on tuesday night for tuesday night live with peter and myself in the meantime stay safe and uh good luck to everyone goodbye night all